We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Madsen. I write about the 49ers over at NinersWire.com, part of the USA Today Sports Media Group. Joining me right now, Chris Biederman of the Sacramento Bee. And before we talk about the 49ers and some injury updates from Wednesday's practice, we are going to talk to you about our homies over at Lamb Chops. I'm wearing a Lamb Chops hoodie right now. Chris, I'm going to make a pronouncement. What's that? I think it's hoodie season, dog. Oh, it is definitely hoodie season. I think it's here. It is here. It is cold right now. It's legitimately cold. I'm so happy to have my Lamb Chops hoodie, this ash-colored hoodie. It's one of my favorite things. You can go to sglambchops.com right now and get yourself a t-shirt, shorts, joggers, hoodie, whatever you want. It's there. They got some new stuff going up from their winter line. That'll be up there. Make sure to follow them on Instagram at sglambchops for all the latest updates on all their dopest styles. And Chris, looking dope. Definitely the most important thing. I am. Uh, I, I don't have any. I'm, I, I'm wearing lamb chop sweats right now, and um, I'm not going to show our, yeah, no, our, please don't our viewers on YouTube. But man, they are fantastic. <laughs> you love the sweats. I love the sweats, and uh, I think you will too. So use promo code Candlestick twenty for twenty percent off your order at sglambchops.com. Join the herd today. We're also sponsored by Cooper's Brewing. Cooperagebrewing.com. That's the website. You go there. You can order beer. They will send a case of beer to your door. If you're 21 or older and in the state of California, they will ship a case of beer to your door. Whatever you want. We recommend the Candlestick Chronicles Hazy IPA. It's a delicious hazy, and you should get a case of it right now. Pulling up the website right now, Cooperagebrewing.com. Yeah. Um, checking to see if they still have the Candlestick Chronicles Hazy IPA. Oh, did we sell out? uh we we are checking i am of legal like like we're (laughs) up to date um yes they still they still have candlestick chronicles hazy ipa so you can you can get that um straight marked hazy ipa i've heard good things about to strata and centennial hops if simcoe is not necessarily your thing um they have trimco all hazed up if you like hazies or ipas um or even hazy pale ales or regular pale ales or west coast IPAs, they have everything you could possibly want over at Cooper's. So check them out. And it is all delicious. So go to cooperagebrewing.com today or visit the brewery in Santa Rosa. Good beer, good food, good vibes. It's a great spot. Cooper's Brewing. All right, let's talk about the 49ers injury stuff because, wow, here we go. Blue wire. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. 
Turns out Brock Purdy has a concussion. That's bananas. <laughs> I, of all the of all the things I'm I'm sitting at, I look at the schedule because the 49ers send out the media schedule for the week, and I go, oh, Kyle Shanahan talking at 12:30. Wonder if, what how Christian McCaffrey's doing. Debo's out, but wonder how how Trent Williams is doing. And just off the rip, he's like, yeah, Brock Purdy's in concussion protocol. Like, what? Okay, yeah, it's what? not that's, great. That's kind of nuts. It's not great. And the first thing you do, of course, is try to figure out when it happened. And then you go look and see. Um, I think Pro Football Talk is was the first Twitter account I saw that had the um, that had the video of the quarterback sneak where he basically took a helmet to helmet shot. Um, doesn't seem legal to take a helmet to helmet shot like that, but uh, we, we're not going to relitigate that. Maybe there's a fine coming later in the week to the Vikings defender that did that. But regardless, um it's not great. It's not great for the 49ers. I don't feel like there's any real point. I mean, I guess we should point out that he did throw to both of his interceptions. Both of his interceptions yeah. came after that hit, um, which is fair to point out. I don't think it's fair to speculate on like he threw those picks because he was concussed. Um, we don't know that, right? Yeah. Like it's impossible for any of us to say. And Brock Purdy hasn't spoken yet either, but he I would imagine he might have. He might have, but, but I, I would imagine not. Brock Purdy is not going to say, yeah, I was concussed when I was uh, <laughs> when I was playing football. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's I it, it it's hard to talk about the impact that it had on the game on Sunday. Obviously, it, it couldn't have helped. Um, but I think the the more pertinent discussion that we can have in, in our position is about what happens now with the Bengals coming to, to Santa Clara on Sunday. Yeah. Um, and to me. You know, I think there's a pretty good likelihood that Brock Purdy is going to play on Sunday. Um, you can pass through concussion protocol during the week and you can you can do it pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, it all depends on his symptoms and symptoms can come in waves. Sometimes it can feel like um, they're gone and sometimes they can feel like they're back in full force. So we're, we're just going to have to, you know, wait and see how it develops with Purdy. Um, Kyle Shanahan pointed out in his press conference on Wednesday that um, Brock Purdy didn't practice at all leading up to the Thursday night game last year against the Seahawks while he was dealing with his rim injury, and he might not necessarily need to practice um, before playing against Cincinnati. Uh, how that would impact the game, I guess, is is also you know to be to be determined. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't seem good, and it seems like for the 49ers now, you know, they, like these are the difficult things that happen in the NFL, right? Like you play. You lose a game against a team that you're better than playing a backup quarterback in Cleveland. Um, you lose another game to a team that you're better than in Minnesota. Um, you're banged up. You're playing another team coming off a bye, which the 49ers did two weeks ago. That proves to be challenging in of itself. Um, and you, you're doing so potentially with a quarterback who is currently in the concussion protocol. And you also don't have Trent Williams and Debo Samuel. Um, at practice, at least to start the week. We know Debo's not going to play this week, but Trent Williams is still TBD. Um, reports out of Santa Clara is that he's doing better. But man, like this is this is why the NFL is so hard to predict is because things like this pop up. Even if you're a great team, you could be down a couple of players at any given time and it could dramatically impact the outcome of games. Yeah, 
Yeah, I, I, Kyle Shanahan sounded optimistic about Trent Williams playing, and it sounded like part of the reason he didn't play in Minnesota was because of the playing surface, because it was turf. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, that's a pretty significant deal, I think, and and I, I genuinely believe, and we'll dive into this later, but I think the Trent Williams absence has been a bigger issue than Debo Samuel's absence so far, but. I'm fascinated to know what the 49ers offense looks like with Sam with Sam Darnold. Because there are a lot of people who just think that hey, he's just the best quarterback on the roster. And maybe the best quarterback of all time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. No. But I, I'm fascinated to see what that what, what the offense looks like with him because you, you could see in, in preseason against preseason, so not making sweeping declarations, but when you when you try and just connect a and B, which isn't that easy in an NFL game, but you look at the 49ers offense and then you look at Sam Darnold's skill set. He has a big arm and he's mobile. It's just always, it's been the accuracy and the decision-making. And so if you can take some of that decision-making out with the offense and make it easier and you put him around the best weapons he's ever had, then I mean, maybe you get a really good performance from Sam Darnold if he plays on Sunday. I do think there's an element, uh, and we talked about this before, I think, but there's always an element when you play a backup quarterback, whether you're playing against him or he's playing for the team that you watch. Mm -hmm. The defense is just inherently at a disadvantage because that quarterback's unscouted, largely. Mm -hmm. Right? You, you You have less tape on tendencies. It's why sometimes, like, early season games can often be misnomers like Blaine Gabbert tearing up the Vikings in 2015, for example. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, like, so there, you know, there, there are games where, and I, I would even put, you know, PJ Walker against the 49ers, like a lot of that stuff, it sort of seemed like the 49ers weren't necessarily prepared for because it hadn't been on tape. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not, obviously I'm not making excuses for them. I think it's just a reality of the league. Mm-hmm. So there is an element of that, like maybe Sam Darnold does some things um, within the offense on the practice field that Kyle Shanahan likes that might be different than Brock Purdy. And it gives the 49ers offense some some different looks. Mm-hmm. I just can't go. I, I can't go into a game on Sunday if Sam Darnold's starting and being like, oh, yeah, it's going to go great. It's going to be awesome. Like we've seen Sam Darnold play too many games. And I know a lot of really smart football people love the talent and love the fit, particularly with the 49ers. It's just for me going to be something where I'm, I need to see it to believe it before I can just like assume like, okay, the 49ers are fine if Sam Darnold's starting games because like yeah. <laughs> they're, they're, they've lost two games in a row now. So it's, you know, it's not a must win against Cincinnati. It's a really important game for them to win because the the bye week's upcoming and you know losing three straight is is really hard to bounce back from particularly if you're trying to get the number one seed mm-hmm. um but i just yeah if it's sam darnold it's it's hard for me to go into that game with any confidence i i understand why people are optimistic about what he could be with kyle shannon but overall right. i'm like yeah there's the know. there's the full-blown optimist angle on it right which is what i just laid out and yeah. then there's the angle of, well, have you watched Sam Darnold play football in the NFL? It's not great. It hasn't it hasn't been good. And I get he was better with Carolina last year and you know played the best football of his career or whatever. But it, like it's a hard maybe. But based on what we've seen from Sam Darnold in the NFL, 
I, 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 like you said, I don't know how you can just decide, oh yeah, he's going to be better now. Or he's going to be... A, what's a soft maybe like? A soft... Ooh, what's the definition <laughs> of a soft maybe? <laughs> a soft maybe would be like the lottery. Like, <laughs> like see, hey, hey, it's leaving work. Hey, see you tomorrow. That's a soft maybe. I'm playing the lottery tonight. <laughs> okay. I like that. A soft maybe. But a hard maybe is yeah sure like that that could that could happen but so you, you don't maybe is i might work from home tomorrow are That's you i i've seen the idea thrown out um that maybe uh, maybe brock purdy gets brock purdy by sam darnold which means sam darnold comes in and takes the starting job away by lighting it up against the Bengals. What would his, uh, this might, uh, we can just talk about it now because we're probably not going to know by by Thursday's <laughs> pod. What would Sam Darnold's stat line have to be for he would, him to, uh, what's the, wrestle the starting job away from Brock Purdy in one week? I don't think he would be able to do it in a week. I think it would. It. That, 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 he has one week here. Yeah. Okay. So I don't think he's, I don't think it's happening in a week. I think, I mean, if he threw six touchdown passes and for 400 yards and completed 80% of his throws, I I mean, maybe I just think Kyle Shanahan is so invested in Brock Purdy. Um, and the Niners are, I mean, they're not invested financially, obviously, Mm -hmm. but like they've invested a lot into Brock Purdy in terms of like, this guy's our starter starting quarterback. It's, it's never felt like, Brock Purdy's had a short leash, right? It would be a very, very, I don't want to say tough look. It would be a wild change of direction if they just decided, ah, never mind, actually. It's Sam Darnold now. (laughs) It's Sam Darnold now who you're going to have to pay next year and who you have a one-game sample of. I think 400-plus and six touchdowns is right. (laughs) (laughs) But even then, like Sam Darnold has to have a leash, right? Yeah, but <laughs> but if he completes and, and then he got it, th- let's say he completes seventy six percent of his passes, and he's just lighting shit up. I <laughs> I mean, it'd be really tough to go. All right, Brock, get back in there. I mean, I you guess know? we can, I guess we can't rule it out, and I'm not even talking about this week. But I'm ruling we out four hundred yards and six touchdowns. Yes, I think that's fair. I, I'm just saying we can't rule out the idea of Sam Darnold, like. I mean, I feel insane just saying this, but we can't rule out the idea of Sam Darnold taking over because everything that happens with the 49ers quarterback situation is batshit insane. Like literally all of it, like none of it ever makes sense. None of it's predictable. None of it's foreseen, right? Like it's ever since, like even going back to Jimmy Garoppolo, like nobody thought that trade was happening, including Kyle Shanahan until he got the phone call from Bill Belichick. Right. Right. Like there's it just everything with the 49ers has been impossible to predict when it comes to their quarterback situation. You can go back down the line of everything that's happened. Jimmy Garoppolo coming back after not being able to after not being traded. Right. Like the 49ers even being ballsy enough to go up to the number three pick in 2021 and take Trey Lance, even after it seemed like a foregone conclusion. And a lot of I had heard (laughs) reputably that there were people inside the building who believed that they were going to take Mac Jones in that draft. 
Like it feels like everything that's happened at the 49ers quarterback situation, including Brock Purdy, the last pick in the draft two year or two years ago, or last year, I guess, is like all of a sudden this quarterback who looks like he's a top 10 guy legitimately. Mm-hmm. Like he has played like that. So zero things that have happened with the 49ers quarterback situation have been predictable. So just for that fact alone, I am not closing myself off to the idea of Sam Darnold's coming in and playing well and like inserting his name, at least into the conversation with a good performance on Sunday, if he does end up playing. I don't, it's, it's crazy. I acknowledge it's crazy. I'm just saying like, but you're saying that's the norm. That's the craziness is absolutely the norm. Don't and forget, I'm not expecting hey, it to happen, but I'm realize I realize what team I'm talking about. Don't forget Jimmy Garoppolo got into his first game because of an injury to CJ Beathard with like 48 seconds left in a football game. <laughs> it's just all it's all a careening pile of BS. It's insane. The- I, that's the that's what's that's I think why the Purdy concussion news was so a, it was just so out of nowhere because you didn't hear anything about it during the game. It wasn't even like he got evaluated and came back that Talanoa Hufanga had that last year. Remember in week one, mm-hmm. he came out, he got evaluated for a concussion, got cleared, but then went into protocol the next day because he was showing symptoms the next day. It wasn't even like that, but I think part of it is like a, here we go again thing where, where, everything you just laid out. Like, of course the 49ers aren't going to just have a normal season at quarterback. Of course, Purdy's not going to be, and I'm not saying this, this is just kind of what's going on in my head. It's like, of course he's not going to be cleared. And of course, Sam Darnold's going to go light it up. And then of course, Brock Purdy's going to have like some complication where he just can't clear the final step. And Sam Darnold's going to have to start again after the bye week. And they go into Jacksonville and, and crush the Jags. And Darnold has eight touchdowns and no interceptions through the first two games and and oh now what do they do the i i just uh. we're gonna we're gonna spend all spring and summer talking about the uncertainty of the 49ers quarterback situation one way or another aren't we here's what i'm gonna say here's <laughs> here's here's something 100 i'm gonna say at some point this offseason i'm telling you this right now <laughs> i don't think you can pay sam darnold top of market money based on the sample size we have <laughs> That's a thousand percent going to be a conversation. Oh my god, it's going to like Sam Darnold's going to like light up the who like some wild card team in the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, and then he's going to he's going to roll an ankle and then Brock Purdy's going to go in and it's like, "Who's the starter?" I don't know. Who's hey, it going to be? <laughs> hey. What's more likely? Um Sam Darnold starts week 10. Or Brandon Allen starts a playoff game. Week ten, so that's after the bye, right? Yeah. Um, I think it's Brandon Allen starting a playoff game. Yeah, I think it's I think it's Brandon Allen starting a playoff game too. Yeah, because I I just and and fingers crossed, Purdy clears concussion protocol and his injury isn't bad, and he can go play like just on the human side of it. Like Brandon is scary. Hopefully, he's okay. But ideally, that's how this goes. And he's healthy, and he's just the quarterback moving forward. But it's it just feels like it wouldn't be a 49er season without 
without something weird happening. And and again, maybe Darnold starts. And my guess would be it looks mostly like what it looks like with Brock Purdy. Maybe a couple more uh, driving throws down the field, but maybe a couple more mistakes. But you just kind of wind up in the same place that you would have. Yeah, I think they would have to like manufacture a lot more offense in terms of like quote unquote gadget plays or bubble screens or you know, it's like I, I don't know that there would be as many like anticipation throws. Right. Mm, yeah. You know what I mean? Like the the deep crossers where or the deep outs where Brock Purdy is throwing to the receivers before they make their breaks. Right. Right. Um so yeah, I, I don't think, think you see much of that. Yeah, I think there would be like I think Kyle Shanahan is as good as anybody in football in like manufacturing offense when he needs to, particularly when the Niners have all their guys. And maybe that's how we transition in the, into the Debo Samuel conversation. But um, in terms of like just being able to manufacture an offense for one game, I do think like that's a Kyle Shanahan strong suit. Just like we can dial up a whole bunch of things the defense hasn't seen yet and do all sorts of different formations that's specific to this week. And we can we we can get enough offensively um, just by doing that. Now, is that sustainable over a long season? Is that going to work in the playoffs or a Super Bowl? Like that's that's a different conversation entirely. But I do think overall, if Kyle Shanahan has to bandaid the situation for a week, I think he's as good as any coach in the league at that. Yeah, I thought I thought that last week and we talked about it on the other pod. If Christian McCaffrey doesn't fumble and if Jake Moody makes a field goal, that game goes a lot differently, right? And, and if they don't allow a touchdown with 16 seconds left on a zero blitz. <laughs> yeah. Hey, that. Okay. Can we pause on the Trent Williams, Debo Samuel thing? Because Rondé Barber yeah. said something wild that I want to talk about uh, sure. in regards to that. Look, so Kyle Shanahan explained what happened with, with Steve Wilkes. So after the game, he said, we've got to talk about that this week. Uh, not happy with the result. Da, da, da. So he got asked about that in his press conference. And the question was, what have those conversations been like with defensive coordinator Steve Wilkes? And kind of where's your understanding about what you guys are trying to accomplish with that? Shanahan says, quote, yeah, he knows. You guys, I think, talk to him tomorrow. He knows he messed up on that call. Um, fast forward here. Uh, I have no problem with a zero blitz, but I do when there's 16 seconds left. That's where he lost track. <laughs> a bad play call happens. You're going to make a bad call here. We've God knows Kyle Shanahan has had his fair share. There's going to be missed execution. There's going to be this and that. A NFL head or an NFL coach who's calling plays, not knowing how much time is left on the clock. And I, I, I don't mean this as part of the bit. I, I mean, this genuinely is inexcusable. <laughs> that is not a thing that can happen. Right. If he had just went, you know what? I gambled. It's a bad time to gamble. I messed up. Like, oh, yeah, you did. But okay. Not knowing how much time is left. That is paramount to how you're calling your defense. And you yeah. don't know that. Do you don't know they have no timeouts? Did you know it was third and six? Did you know they had the ball in their 40? What? What? I don't. I. I the play call doesn't make sense. <laughs> Because even if there's 40 seconds left, that's a terrible play call. Yeah. I, the I, only I, thing you cannot do there is allow a long touchdown. Yeah. I tackle the player inbounds. and it's, But he didn't know that there was 16. It, that, that to me, is 
that is now a bigger problem than the play call itself. Yeah, and I've seen, you know, even even Mooney Ward told um, reporters this week, and and I read this in, in Eric Branch's piece for the Chronicle that like, you know, we execute. It doesn't matter what the play call is, which is like, sure, that's a player's prerogative, but Kirk Cousins doesn't even make that pass if the blitz isn't coming, right? Like yeah. Kevin O'Connell said that Kirk Cousins checked to that play once he saw the blitz was coming. It's not a throw he would have made against, you know, a two a too high safety look. So to me, that's, you know, like that, I, I can't do the thing where we blame the coach. Like, you know, you, you didn't look good. The, the defense didn't look good. So it must be the coach's fault. Like, I think players deserve blame too. And oftentimes it's, so it's like super easy to be like, oh, the, you know, it's a coach's fault. Everything's a coach's fault. But in this case, it's like, those are the things that I think we can look at in hindsight and say, that was an obvious screw up. Yeah. Right. That that's mm-hmm. that's a bigger mistake from my vantage point than being like, oh, they're playing soft coverage and like letting too much go underneath. It's like, you know, I don't I don't know what everyone's responsibility is on any given play. And I don't know how well whatever call is being executed. And I don't know how well or, or you, you know, like what Kevin O'Connell is calling is meant to battle those specific things. Right. But like when you have a when you have an issue like that, a zero blitz allowing a 60 yard touchdown in a game that you lose by five like with 16 seconds left of the first half, like that to me is like, I'm not saying it's a fireable offense, but like, that's one of the things you put on the list of like, all right, you do enough of these bad things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then like that, that is the road to not being the defensive coordinator here for very long. And I think, look, I think Steve Wilkes is, is mostly fine as a defensive coordinator. I don't think it's necessarily his fault that the pass rush was anemic on right. Monday night. Yeah. Um, but those are the those are the types of mistakes when it's like something that all you need to do is throw two safeties back there and Kirk Cousins is, isn't even attempting that throw. Mm-hmm. Like that was the biggest problem in the whole sequence. The fact that you call it a defense that allowed a deep throw to enter the quarterback's mind instead of being like, no, we're playing a prevent defense, check everything underneath. You have no timeouts, you're just not gonna get points before the half, and we're gonna go into the half down one score instead of two. If they tackle the player inbounds, the half is over. Exactly. So uh, again, losing track of time is not a thing that that can that can happen to an NFL coach. No, uh, that's that's like a baseball player forgetting how many outs there are. You just that you don't. It's not good. And the other thing is, I, I I'm hoping that he and Kyle Shanahan came to the understanding that had Wilkes known there were 16 seconds left, that's not the play he would have called. Right. that's the that's the other side of this <laughs> so yeah. i i'm like i said the 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 play call now is secondary to me because you've got a defensive coordinator who doesn't know how much time is left on the clock like that is with how many people are in the booth and how many people are communicating you don't uh, yeah that is definitely something that's the game clock. that somebody should have saw like we're wait we're, we're calling a zero blitz with 16 seconds left like one right. of the 10 dudes on, on in the booth or on the sidelines with headsets, like guys, guys, like, like maybe don't do that. <laughs> can we, can we stupid proof this thing real quick? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. Anyways, I, that just tough, really tough. We'll see. We'll see. That that's tough. To the... I, we'll see how, I mean, I'm it's, it's definitely something that's like a poor enough decision that has my flag up or like has my antenna up for like, 
evaluating the defensive coordinator that they have. Yep. Yeah, same. So I'm interested to see how they bounce back on a short week against a Bengals team that's coming off a bye. That uh, <laughs> we'll get into that more in, in uh, on tomorrow's pod. But I want to talk about the whole Debo Samuel Trent Williams injury thing because Rondé Barber for the 33rd team, uh, Hall of Fame cornerback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, is not just a rando from this website. John Lynch's teammate. John Lynch's teammate. I love the idea of somebody listening to this podcast and being like Rondé, Rondé Barber. Who's that? Like, oh, the 33rd team guy, the analyst for the 33rd team? <laughs> no, so he said... I mean, video, we're, we're, we're old enough to where that might be happening. Damn. <laughs> no. Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> A 20-year-old pr- has no recollection of Rondé Barber. Right. Uh, okay. <laughs> That's fine. Sorry, I didn't mean to do that to you. Can I have an existential crisis? (laughs) Can we just do that? No. All right. Here we go. Focus. Here's what Rondé Barber said. This is a whole video. It's a few minutes long. You can go watch it uh, at the the 33rdteam.com, I think is the website. Here's the quote they decided to pull and make a graphic out of. Quote, Kyle Shanahan has to take a good look in the mirror and ask himself, can we operate this offense without Debo Samuel? And... To be totally is that honest, the entirety we, of the quote? Because that's, that's a weird that's, question or a weird the, statement. That's what they pulled out of his video. Okay. And if you're asking me if I watched the video, no, I'm an internet <laughs> user. I read headlines, bro. Great. So, <laughs> no. So I, I, I did. The premise of the the of what he was saying was, hey, they miss Debo Samuel, and he never even brought up Trent Williams, at least that that I that I heard. And last year without Debo Samuel, so Debo Samuel got hurt in week 14, remember? It's Brock Purdy's first start. He hurt his knee against the Buccaneers. From weeks 14 through 17, while Debo was out, the Niners averaged 32.5 points per game, 402.5 yards per game, and 6.5 yards per play. 6.5 yards per play is really goddamn good. They were fine. And in week six, I leaned toward, man, this kind of this felt like a Debo game, and losing him on the first play might have messed with their game plan because Ray Ray McLeod is not Debo Samuel, at least not yet. <laughs> so <laughs> not yet. He's, he might yet. get there. Huh? He's working. He's working towards it. Okay. No. So Ray Ray McLeod's not Debo Samuel, obviously. And I, and I thought that messed with the Niners game plan some, but given how they ran the ball, how poorly they ran the ball against Cleveland and Cleveland has a very good defense, but then you go see the Colts run up 38 on him with Gardner Minshew. And it's like, mm, Niners could have gotten, had more than 17. When, you look at how they ran the ball against Cleveland, and then you look at how they ran the ball against the Vikings or didn't run the ball against the Vikings. To me, it's very obvious that they missed Trent Williams badly, specifically in the run game. Yeah, He's just so dominant in the way he can move and the way he can get to the second level and just erase people on the edge. Not having that, and Jalen Moore did a fine job. This is not an indictment on Jalen Moore. He was better in pass pro than I thought he would be. But he's just not, he's not a one of the two best Offensive tackles of all time. And the Niners run game has suffered, I think, more because of the Trent Williams injury in week six that he played through and then his absence in week seven. Way more than... They have weapons to make up for the loss of Debo Samuel. They do not have the players to make up for the loss of Trent Williams. And I think that's had a... It's it's put more on Brock Purdy. It's made them more one-dimensional. It's put them in more second and third and longs. And that 
is why their offense has has not been putting points on the board the way it did in the first five weeks. I think a huge factor of Kyle Shanahan's offense is just being in rhythm. And I think a large part of being in rhythm is, is having balance where you're running the ball effectively. And then the threat of the run impacts how well you can pass the ball, right? You see, use play action and you get, you, you develop open spaces in the field because guys are overplaying the run because um, you know, if you don't get to, to, to that outside right edge from the defense's side, then Christian McCaffrey is going to break a big run. Yeah. Right. And those are backbreaking. Like it feels like anytime the Niners break a big run, they're they're gonna get points right on any given drive. Right. It's just it 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 has an impact beyond the yardage they get on an individual play. It's like, all right, they break a big long run. Now they can run fake a play action play out of the same look. And then you got you swing around and do a bootleg, and then you got George Kittle wide open, you know, 10 yards down the field with room to run because everyone overplayed the run on the other side of the field. Yeah. So there, it's such like, and and honestly, I think that's one of the detriments to Kyle Shanahan's offense in a weird way. In that, like, what they do and when they're humming has so much to do with the rhythm they're in because of the play calling rhythm that he gets in. That like when you're when you're playing an ugly game and you have no offensive rhythm and you and you aren't running the ball, the 49ers have often like struggled to just be that team that's like you know, they can, they can start and stop, right. They like, they, they yeah. struggle to be that offense that can just like pick it up out of nowhere when they're humming, they're humming. Right. Right. But like, and so much of that is predicated on the run game. And and to your point, I think that's the impact that not having Trent Williams has on the team is that like, you can't, you can't get those runs on the, on the left edge and then, you know, create other plays based off how the defense right. is overreacting to those. Yeah. So that that to me, I think, is is where Trent Williams absence really shows up because, yeah, it's your point. Like Jalen Moore is fine. I think he's you know, he's he's a backup. He's a replacement level type player. Right. But he's not a future Hall of Famer in that. Trent, and, and, you know, Trent Williams is such a unicorn in that he's like runs like a linebacker, but also happens to be like 320 pounds. He's outrageous. <laughs> he's completely insane. He's the world's fattest unicorn. <laughs> say that to his face i um, never <laughs> oh my god the world's fattest unicorn that's great I, um uh, i mean i haven't seen too many really fat unicorns so no i know that's the thing it's not the bar's not high <laughs> what if it's i said the a, world's most um, not a swath of of fat unicorns to pull from here <laughs> it's a small pool (laughs) no well and and this is not to say that Debo Samuel would not help like like obviously you'd rather be throwing to Debo Samuel and having the screen game and the and what how he affects defenses in motion and and the jet sweep stuff like you'd, you'd rather have that than not yeah. But when we talk about Kyle Shanahan manufacturing offense, I think it's much easier to manufacture offense without Trent Williams or with without Debo Samuel than it is without Trent Williams. And you go look, they were still six yards over six yards of play on Monday night. Yeah. They only punted once. It's not like the offense is terrible. It's just not like you said, it's just not humming at the rhythm that it was in the first five games. And I think that that has more to do with the offensive line play and missing Trent Williams than it does with, with missing Debo. Yeah, I agree. 
Uh, Shanahan said that they're hopeful to get Trent. Trent Williams didn't practice on Wednesday. He said that they're hopeful that he will be back in practice on Thursday and that he has a chance to play this week. So that's where that's at. Yeah. I mean, and now you, now you throw in, I mean, I don't even like, I, I, I really struggle with talking about concussions, but now you throw in the fact that like there's uncertainty at left tackle and there's also uncertainty with quarterback Yeah, because of a concussion. Yeah. Yeah. So. Like I said, hopefully, hopefully Purdy is okay and not dealing with concussion symptoms for a long time. That would suck. Yeah. So, uh, that's what I've got. We'll have another pod coming out. Oh, Hey, I want to real quick. We'll do our 49ers prize picks tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I did an NBA prize picks last night. Oh, so we're just gonna bra- we're gonna brag to to end the. Uh, end yeah, the no, I, I, dude, it, it's it's so it's daily fantasy, right? You just pick two to six <laughs> players, you pick more or less on their stat projection, and you create an entry, and then you, dude, I won last night, and I I, I always do the flex play because with the flex play, if you pick four mm-hmm. but get three right, you still get a little bit of a payout. Yeah. Well. I got. I went four for four. I had Steph Curry more than half a point. I was pretty confident in that one. It was a special that Prize Picks offered. <laughs> I had Clay Thompson less than twenty six and a half points, rebounds, and assists. He had twenty five. I had Kevon Looney less than twenty and a half points, rebounds, assists. He had nineteen. I had Devin Booker more than twenty seven and a half points. He had thirty two. Shout out to your boy. I'm eating good this weekend, Coach. I'm happy for you, man. Yeah, shout out to Prize Picks. If you want to play, prizepicks.com slash candlestick. Promo code candlestick for up to a $100 first deposit match. That's prizepicks.com slash candlestick. Promo code candlestick for a first deposit match up to $100. Did you know, uh, I mean, I think the Kelsey Brothers podcast, New Heights, is, uh, and this is just a free promo for them, but I think it's gotten exceedingly <laughs> popular recently um, for reasons that may or may not be obvious. But they uh they Philly's are really good. I I learned recently that they are also sponsored by Prize Picks. Oh, nice. Prize Picks just everywhere. Good for them. That, that with that more, we are 2 degrees from Taylor Swift is what you're saying. Yeah. Prize Picks to Travis Kelsey, Travis Kelsey to Taylor Swift. Mhm. Mhm. No, I yeah, I mean, I mean that was are? we we had the the there was a discussion in this household recently about the degrees of separation between between us and Taylor Swift, and safe to say the uh, the better half was was really excited to be so. I mean, we're not close, you know, not close, but not like it's not twenty degrees of separation. Let's put it that hey, way. <laughs> we're pri- we're in our Prize Picks era, <laughs> right? Is that how you do it? Uh, yeah. There we I go. Was, I'm not going to subject people to more of that. Thank you, everybody, for listening and for watching on YouTube.com slash at Candlestick Chronicles podcast. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Candlecron. No stick, no ickles. <laughs> no stick, no ickles. Subscribe wherever you get your pods. We would appreciate that. Five-star we'll... reviews, notification bells, thumbs-up buttons, all those things. All those Anything things are you... good for us. <laughs> if it's likes and or subscribe and or rate candlestick chronicles just do it just wherever you can we're everywhere now trying to bring you uh, content wherever we can and we appreciate everybody who watches live who watches after the fact and then everybody who listens to the pod as well it's uh, super dope that people do that so thank you 
We will have another pod out. So this will hit your feeds Thursday. We'll have our pregame pod hit your feeds Friday where we look ahead to the 49ers and Bengals matchup. Looking forward to that. We will talk to you next time. See you guys. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.